This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and it's such a joy to be with you all each week as we take a closer look at what it means to be a missionary disciple, someone who is a proclaimer of the good news and a witness of God's love in today's world. And this theme of the proclamation of the good news, while it's a part of really every episode of this program, it features in a special way in my conversation with today's guest, since he hosts a podcast called Better Preaching. My guest Ryan O'Hara has a wealth of experience in ministry and has seen firsthand the need to communicate um, effectively and lovingly the truth of the gospel, which has the power to really transform a person's life. As you'll hear Ryan mention in our interview, the church exists to evangelize, which means it exists to announce the good news to the world. And it's why I'm speaking to you right now. It's why this show came into existence. It's not just to fill up space on the airwaves. It's to help, even in a small way, to share the good news with as many people as possible. And if we're honest, we have to say that there is no Christian who is somehow exempt from this call to preach. The Bible has lots to say about this, but let's briefly look at a couple of passages about preaching. In the Gospel of Mark, we hear Jesus tell the apostles, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Now, going into the whole world and proclaiming to every creature is going to take a lot of people. That's why you and I get to be a part of this magnificent effort as well. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear Jesus again to the apostles saying, Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, there are a few times in the New Testament where we hear Jesus say that he must preach, for this is why he came. And more often than not, his ministry of preaching comes right alongside, and indeed, I would say is deeply connected to his ministry of healing. And how could they not be connected? In the course of his earthly ministry, Jesus wanted to heal the sick and the broken, but he wanted to go even deeper than the physical ailments. He wanted to preach in such a way as to heal the person at the deepest part of their soul. Jesus always has the whole person in mind when he heals, body and soul. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, we hear the following, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? And how can people preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. 
Now, I can't sit here and speak of evangelization and then always expect someone else to do the work. My own feet have to move too. So I was personally inspired and encouraged by my conversation with Ryan, and I hope you are too, especially if you're looking for some next steps to grow in confidence um, in sharing the gospel, but also in sharing the good news of how God has been moving in your own life. Trust me, those stories never get old, and we have to keep telling them so that more and more people will discover that God is real and really doing something in our world today. So here is my interview with Ryan, and as always, I'll be back with a short reflection on the other side of our conversation. I'm joined today by Ryan O'Hara, who is a 25-year veteran of college and young adult ministry. He received his master's in theology from Notre Dame. He is the host of the Better Preach podcast, which is a podcast for Catholic leaders on developing and delivering great Catholic talks. Ryan lives in West St. Paul, Minnesota with his wife and four sons. Ryan, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. All right. Well, I look forward to just hearing more about how your ministry is looking these days and uh, what's inspiring you these days. But I'd like to to go back a little bit uh, and hear a little bit more of your own story. Ryan, uh, where did you grow up and was the faith something that was in the air as you were growing up? Yes, uh, it was. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, my mom was actually a religious sister for 15 years of her life. Wow. And uh, as, as Vatican II unfolded and uh, things were shifting in the church. Uh, she entered the religious life in the mid-1950s and exited in the early 70s. Okay. Uh, so much was changing in the church at that time. And, and she uh, heard just as much a call into religious life as to as to out of it. And uh, I, I've even seen kind of the 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 sort of the release of there's a word for it. Uh, she was released of her her perpetual vows and she has a a, a letter from the Holy Father it was pretty neat, but anyhow. Yeah. Um, so my yes, I did grow up in a religious home. My my mom and dad married in the in the early seventies, and was was involved in the church. And my mom was a liturgist, and so I literally uh, grew up in church. And uh, so mm -hmm. she would she would play you know mass. Uh, she'd play the organ, you know, two or three masses a weekend, and sometimes mm -hmm. she would she would go to mass once. And then the other two, she would, I remember her like balancing her checkbook back when we did that mm -hmm. <laughs> as yeah. she's sitting there on the organ and, and I would be sitting there sometimes next to her. So yeah, I literally grew up in church. Uh, faith was a very um, important part of our life. Uh, a, a small piece that did unfold is that my dad uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease mm -hmm. when I was uh, five years old. And so that that was an important kind of piece of our childhood. But I grew up in uh, went to Catholic school all my life and um, until I was in college and went to a, a Baptist college. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, faith was a, a really important part of our life growing up. That's beautiful. You know, even when it's it is in the air, it's in the environment, there can still be those milestone moments where there's a new sense of ownership um, or that that sense of that real personal encounter with Christ happens. Are you able to remember some of those moments that sort of set you on even a, a more intentional trajectory in your faith? Yeah, college. That yeah. was that was where things went from kind of thirty miles an hour 
uh, to, you know, 70 miles an hour spiritually. And love it. I, at, I went to, I went to, I went to the, I mentioned, I went to a Baptist college. I was one thing I, I was, I was, um, I was poorly catechized. My one thing, my, my parents didn't do a great job, like many in the early seventies and early eighties, uh, didn't, didn't catechize our kids super well, but, um, I didn't know that Baptists weren't Catholics. So oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but in that environment, um, people who love Jesus uh invited me into a deeper relationship uh with him. In fact, one guy on my floor, the RA, uh, was so persistent week after week after week, inviting me to this Bible study. And week after week, I said, I said no repeatedly right. until he uh, thought I'll, I'll go a little bit of a different angle. I'll get his girlfriend to do something. And then maybe Ryan would, would follow. And that is what happened a, a few years later. He invited me on a retreat. Yeah, I was like, ah, I get that Bible studies. I don't quite get, but retreats I do. And, and so I, I heard the truth that um, I was, was made for uh, a wholehearted relationship with God that um, he would be the most important aspect of my life uh, that I would love him with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I really desired that. And I looked at my life and I saw that that really wasn't the case, but mm. it was deep built deep into me. And I remember actually going home after that retreat and calling my mom, you know, my dad had Alzheimer's disease. And so my mom was my closest relationship in my family. Right. And I, I shared with her that, um, you know, they're talking about Jesus kind of being the center of our lives and um, that he he ought to be like the Lord, the leader of my life. And mm -hmm. and I really desire that um, he's supposed to be the most important relationship in our life. And and I said, Mom, if I'm honest, you're the most important relationship in my life. Yeah. And um, she said, Ryan, thank you for that. That's really sweet. Um, but I want to give you permission to put God first in your life. Wow. And uh, that was, that was where things unlocked. And mm -hmm. I began praying on a daily basis, got involved in a men's group and my life slowly started to change. I was, I was pretty steeped in bad grades, bad beer and bad relationships. Oh, uh, and so it took some time to kind of um, change but that that was where things began to accelerate spiritually yeah. uh, as I was a college student uh, near, you know, in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, praise God for that. Thank you for sharing uh, just where where the Lord was at work in your life and just a beautiful conversation with your mother, too. Yeah. Um, and did you start working for the church? I know you got your master's in theology, but that door opening to really serving and working for the church, how did that happen? Right. Well, as, as my relationship with God was, was deepening, you know, for a couple of years, I mean, I, I went to mass, you know, every Sunday of my life growing up sure, until, sure. you know, like the third week of my freshman year. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, nobody, <laughs> nobody's checking on me if I'm doing this. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of a drag, you know, like getting up early and all that. And so I just, I just let it go. Mm -hmm. um, until this kind of conversion experience, thankfully, e even in this kind of evangelical Protestant environment, I wasn't ever discouraged from, um, participating fully as a Catholic in, wow. uh, in our life as a church. And so going back to mass or really going back to confession and then yeah. going back to mass, everything came to life. I had been watching this small kind of 
grainy black and white TV spiritually. And finally it was like full color, high definition and what the sacraments were, uh, who Jesus was and that I could receive him was so enthralling and so captivating. Um, that relationship deepened and I heard a call uh, to a life of ministry the summer after I graduated. And I was, I, I, I then just began discerning and I heard a call, but I didn't know what to do with it. Right. And so that happened just a few months after, uh, after college, um, hearing that call to your life will be ministry. That was the sense that the Lord put on my heart then. That's beautiful. Um, and so did you dive right into youth and young adult ministry or did it start to take shape over time? When did that look yeah, like? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's a principle here, but I found I was a much more comfortable college student than I was a kind of I was kind of an awkward, nerdy high school student. Like like high school just didn't really work for me, but college really did. And it was where my faith came to life. And I was like, if I could, I don't know, I didn't know much about ministry at all. I was still learning about my own faith at that point. still. But I was like, if I could help other Catholic students experience what I did, that's what I'd want to give myself to. And so I I just started to, um, to kind of look for opportunities and Uh, My mom, because she was working in the church, would send me like newspaper clippings of, hey, this job's available, this job's available. (laughs) And I was working in I was working at my alma mater as an admission counselor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this will be a little cheesy, but it was like, do I want to help people get into William Jewell College or into heaven? It was like, (laughs) let's go with heaven. And so I wanted to work with college students. And this opportunity at the University of Missouri Newman Center came up about a year after I had this sense of this call. Uh, and I even said, like, I was thinking at the time I, or I, I think back now, I wouldn't have even hired me. I had no, I had no business really being hired in ministry other than I had this conversion experience, maybe right. some leadership skill skills, but just a love for Jesus and wanting mm-hmm. other Catholics to encounter him in that way. Which really is the first thing you need if you're going to work for the church. If it's, if there's not that, that first love and zeal for the Lord yeah. and, and a desire to, to communicate that love to others, um, yeah, the job will burn out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. And I was so excited and so eager and hit the ground running. And, and that's where um, my wife and I met just, you know, like a couple of weeks later, she was also, she was a grad student at that time. And, and, uh, you know, we got connected. She was like the only other sort of evangelical Catholic, if you will, kind of yeah. only other kind of Catholic running around the Newman Center at that time who had this strong kind of evangelistic call. She had been involved at with Campus Crusade and then okay. came back to the church. Thanks yeah. to um, Scott Hahn's book, Rome Sweet Home. Uh, yeah. So we met and were married and and then our, our life together um, sort of propel, you know, came out of that environment of ministry to college students. That's awesome. I love how that, that one yes kind of led to another yes and opened the door to your vocation of marriage and family too, which is beautiful. For those who are just tuning in, I am speaking with Ryan O'Hara. He's a 25 year veteran of college and young adult ministry. Ryan, one of the things you're doing these days is hosting the better preach podcast. When did you start that? Um, I started Better Preach uh, June of 2022, so just over a year ago. 
All right. Why did you start that? Why did you start this podcast? Why does the world need one more podcast, Ryan? <laughs> That's such a good question. <laughs> I'm not convinced the world needs another podcast. Um, I'm convinced I I want to do a podcast. I've always just been drawn to the medium. I just, I love, I love, I've been listening to podcasts ever since they were a thing in 2005. Got my first iPod mini and downloaded them on from my computer. I just have always loved podcasts, always listened to them. And, um, and so for many years, I was like, I would love to do it. I would love to, to host conversations or to create content. And, um, a friend of mine asked me about three years ago, I was trying to figure out what to do. And he's like, well, if you could talk about one thing every week uh, for the rest of your life, what would it be? I was like, well, I'd love to talk about preaching. I'd love to talk about preaching. I, I feel a call uh, and a, and a gifting around preaching as a, as a lay person. And in ministry, I've had a lot of opportunities to help equip others to, to give testimonies and talks mm -hmm. and being a content creator myself, just, I have a great love for kind of the, the art and science of communicating, particularly mm -hmm. communicating the gospel. And then I thought, you know, what if we did a, a sort of thing where we went behind the scenes? You know, I, I love listening to talks, watching talks on YouTube, experiencing talks live, mm -hmm. but you, you only see the finished product. You, you never get to see the behind the scenes, like what leads up to great talks coming to life. And so I thought, what if we did kind of a behind the scenes deep dive with great communicators in the church and kind of interview them on their process and how they put talks together? I think that would be really cool. And so that was where Better Better Preach sort of began was with the idea that, you know, our the best communicators in our church today could help mentor another generation of communicators mm -hmm. uh, by sharing some of the things we don't see that can be really instructive and helpful. And that's what we've been doing. We're at almost episode 50 and uh, it's been a great run. I love it. What an important topic. And Ryan, if you could help me out here a little bit, because when I hear preaching, I often associate it with like the Sunday homily. Yeah. How, how might a lay person understand the call to preach? How would you describe that? Well, I first it exists just within the call to evangelize, okay. right? So, so if I'm, if I'm in ministry or if I'm not in ministry, uh, the church exists, um, all of the baptized, we exist to evangelize, which means we exist to announce the good news to the world. Now, for many people, if they're in ministry, youth ministers, uh, adult faith formation, priests and deacons in their homilies, you know, anybody who's giving talks to Catholic audiences mm -hmm. has to take note of announcing the gospel. And they're going to do it a lot of times just through catechesis. But evangelization and catechesis always go together. And in many ways, the, the Holy Fathers have been teaching us that that a lot of people show up for catechesis, but they haven't been evangelized. They're, yeah. they're, they haven't experienced conversion. And so even in those settings, we always have to be announcing the good news and inviting a response. So in that sense, all of us, uh, both, both just through our everyday lives, but certainly through anybody who is in ministry in the Catholic Church, is enabling either through themselves or others preaching to happen. And so um, that's the target audience is, is really anybody 
who is speaking to Catholic audiences to remember how important it is to announce the gospel mm -hmm. and to do it effectively. And so that's that's really what's behind Better Preach. Now, we, we have had a lot of priests on the podcast and right. have talked about homilies, too. So that's been that's been great. Loved being able to do that and to help kind of host the conversation around this topic. No, that, and that's helpful just to kind of work through some of the distinctions between what the priest does on, on Sunday, but also the call of every baptized Christian to share the good news. Ryan, would the same principles possibly apply then just to conversations between people, maybe friends or just kind of strangers on the street, like just talking about Jesus Would that, could you still apply some of the same principles of preaching just in those types of more one-on-one -on -one conversations? I certainly hope so. And, and yet I do think, I mean, I think if you ask the average, well, I don't know if you ask the average person, they might feel more comfortable standing up in front of a crowd and announcing the gospel that way than mentioning the name of Jesus in a conversation. True. Right. Yeah. But, it's true. Um, but absolutely. Uh, our Holy father, Pope Francis in 2013 wrote the joy of the gospel. And um, in paragraph, if you ever want to see the uh, my two favorite paragraphs, in his writings, paragraph 127 and 128, mm -hmm. he shares, how do you actually share your faith person mm -hmm. to person? And he lays it out and he talks about being ready every day, everywhere with anyone that we should be constantly ready. These are his words, constantly ready to share the love of Jesus with others. And he says it takes place just in the middle of a conversation. Right. And the other person is sharing their joys, hopes, concerns, and many heartfelt needs. And he says, only then, implying after you've listened to them, only then do you bring up a Bible story, a, you know, a Bible verse or a story from your own life. And he says, always keeping in mind the fundamental message. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the Holy Father himself is, is reminding us that, sure, people will be doing it in liturgical celebrations and in ministry. But that's just a drop in the bucket. What if every baptized Catholic would take seriously the call to know Jesus, but then out of that relationship, be open to conversations going in that direction? And what I love about what he describes is that not every conversation becomes a spiritual one, right? Right, right. Uh, sometimes you are just talking about the weather or sports or your kids or whatever, yeah. but... He says, when they talk about joys, hopes, concerns, or other heartfelt needs, I'd say that's like a moment of grace starts to open up. And so I think he wants us to be attentive to a moment of grace. And so he says, like, when a moment of grace shows up, he says, bring a message from God, scripture, a story, keep in mind the fundamental message. So, you know, that's, that's Pope Francis helping us to see, can we be alert to moments of grace? And then when we see that... Could we prayerfully bring a message from God? Love it. Um, Ryan, where can our listeners learn more about this podcast and where can they tune in? Yeah, ryanohara.org slash betterpreach is the, the website. But you could just search for Better Preach on any of your, your favorite podcast apps. It should pop. It should pop right up. Awesome. Well, I hope many of our listeners will go and check it out. Ryan, I've got a couple minutes left, and I love to ask each of my guests if you have seen just any signs of hope in recent weeks, months, what's been stirring in your own heart that you wish to kind of share with our listeners uh, to end on a note of encouragement. Yeah, my wife and I 
and our our family. We live here in West St. Paul, Minnesota. We're a part of a, a Catholic community of which a subset of that community has really linked up. And we have been experiencing a call really ever since the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. um, to, to build relationships with people who are materially poor and build a friendship, um, even inviting them into our homes, young adults, teenagers who are homeless or homeless adjacent. We've been welcoming them into our homes, welcoming them into our lives, but really befriending, building relationships. And so it's just been really neat to see the gospel come to life. I, I've been working with college students on college campuses for, for many years, and that's always been a question of, of meeting the needs of more of the spiritually poor. But uh, the gospel invites us just even today, you know, in today's gospel, uh, Jesus says to the rich young man, sell everything you own. Um, and give give all that money to the poor and then come and follow me. And so we as Christians must uh, live in response. There's a preferential option that the church has for the poor. And that has been just a real beautiful sign. It's not just happening in my family, but many other families in our circles, we've been linking up to to help build bridges there of of faith, but of of other kinds of support and it's been a, a great and powerful sign that I've seen a great source of encouragement and hope to me. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Uh, and thank you for your time today. I ask that God continue to bless you, your family, and your ministry. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Ryan referred to two paragraphs of the 2013 Apostolic Exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel. So I thought I would look up those paragraphs and share these words from Pope Francis with you all. Today, as the Church seeks to experience a profound missionary renewal, there is a kind of preaching which falls to each of us as a daily responsibility. It has to do with bringing the gospel to the people we meet, whether they be our neighbors or complete strangers. This is the informal preaching which takes place in the middle of a conversation, something along the lines of what a missionary does when visiting a home. Being a disciple means being constantly ready to bring the love of Jesus to others, and this can happen unexpectedly and in any place, on the street, in a city square, during work, on a journey. In this preaching, which is always respectful and gentle, the first step is personal dialogue, when the other person speaks and shares his or her joys, hopes, and concerns for loved ones, or so many other heartfelt needs. Only afterwards is it possible to bring up God's word, perhaps by reading a Bible verse or relating a story, but always keeping in mind the fundamental message, the personal love of God who became man, who gave himself up for us, who is living and who offers us his salvation and his friendship. This message has to be shared humbly as a testimony on the part of one who is always willing to learn, in the awareness that the message is so rich and so deep that it always exceeds our grasp. At times, the message can be presented directly, at times by way of a personal witness or gesture, or in a way which the Holy Spirit may suggest in that particular situation. If it seems prudent and if the circumstances are right, this fraternal and missionary encounter could end with a brief prayer related to the concerns which the person may have expressed. In this way, they will have an experience of being listened to and understood. They will know that their particular situation has been placed before God and that God's word really speaks to their lives.
Again, that's from Pope Francis, and here's an exercise for us based on this passage. In the coming weeks, perhaps pray for the grace to find a moment when you can share this fundamental message of the personal and saving love of God, maybe with a friend, family member, or coworker. Or maybe turn it around and pray for the grace to hear this good news again. Let it hit your ears like you've never heard it before, like this is all new to you, and let that fill you up. Let it renew and refresh you, and then be open to where God will lead you from there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to hear stories of how the beauty of the Catholic faith is being shared one heart, one home, one city at a time. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.